Welcome to another episode, everybody. This is Anna. This is Lynn. And this is Leanna. This week, we are talking about Crohn's and Ulcerative Colitis Awareness Week uh, for a very special reason, actually. Woo-hoo. But before we get into that, let's actually ask everybody, what have you been up to? Leanna, what's been new in your life? So we're recording this the day before Thanksgiving. I always have to like set, yes. <laughs> set up I know, in we my always mind have to reference. <laughs> where we are <laughs> and what's going on. So... Yeah. Uh, by the time this comes out, Thanksgiving will already have happened. Um, I have been reading more. Ooh. Yes. And it's part of like a, a set of goals that I put for myself um, to read more and to eat better and drink more water and do a bunch of different things. So I've been reading uh, The One Thing, which came out a few years ago. And I first heard about it when I was working at a different college and I was part of this business and entrepreneurship department and degree. And so Mm -hmm. they read a lot of like these business, like, you know, leadership kind of, kind of books. And so I first heard about it. Then I walked over to my half price books down the street from my house and I, it happened to be there. So I picked it up and it's pretty interesting. It's about how, um, in everyday life, whether it's like with work or with personal life, with family, with anything, we are spread so thin and there's, right. (laughs) And there's a bunch of things always on our to-do lists. And, you know, we went from thinking that we had to like do everything at the same time. And that that's product that's, you know, productive. And then, um, this is actually saying, no, if you really think it through and find that one Mm -hmm. thing that matters in business or in your life, then Mm -hmm. all of those other little things fall under it. You just have to think about what the, the one thing is. So Hmm. It's very true. It's yeah, I'm still early on. It's a pretty quick read, so I can lend it to you guys if you want. But it's it's good. I've been reading that and then also watching lots of cheesy holiday movies on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) And so I um, I was joking like I never used to watch the Hallmark channel stuff Mm -hmm. or like I never used to watch these holiday movies and I just would roll my eyes even though I like rom-coms and girl like chick flicks this they would always Mm -hmm. be like "Eh, no thank you um but I think in this year I was kind of joking with you guys like my cold icy heart (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the club it's melting it needed to melt a little bit so (laughs) it's my little bit of escapism now after work I clean up I eat dinner and I sit down and I try to watch like a cheesy holiday movie and I love it yeah I I admit it (laughs) what about you Lynn what are you up to this week um I started reading this book called the best we could do it's like a Vietnamese memoir about a, a girl she's the author um and it's illustrated too so it's like a comic in a sense like the whole book is like oh. a comic but she's trying to kind of find out more about her parents past because they were immigrants from Vietnam and just kind of understanding mm. how like like the family dynamics changed um and how they were affected from like the history 
and it's mm-hmm. it's really good. I really like it so far. I think I'm almost done too. So if you guys want to read it, I can. Book we can exchange. do book exchange. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then. Oh, I started listening to Bill Gates and Rashida Jones podcast. What? They, they have a they new have a podcast. podcast. They created one? Yes. <laughs> I love Rashida. I okay. know. I love her. Yeah, she's um in Parks and Rec, too. So I was like, yeah. oh, awesome. And I love Bill Gates, too. So, you know, it's pretty good. They talked about COVID was the first one, of course. And the second one okay. was about inequity, inequality. Ooh. So it's really wow. okay. mm-hmm. So it's pretty good. And so that's new, that podcast? Yeah. I think it's wow. been out for like two weeks now. Cool. Wow, okay. Mm-hmm. Check it out. I'm going to have to listen to it, yeah. How about you, Anna? Um, so I haven't been reading a book, but I've been listening listening to a book, audiobook. Ooh, Yay. which one? Um, uh, her name, the author is Maria Hinosa, mm. and the title of the book she reads it herself so i think i really love listening to audiobooks when it's the actual author who reads it because i feel like i get this extra connection of like who they are because i'm like Mm -hmm. ooh, it's you reading it you wrote it yeah and it's you reading it so you have all the expressions and everything but the book is called once i was you and it's basically a memoir of uh love and hate in a torn america and it's like her experience of being a a mexican-american woman and how she grew up um, you know, migrating from um, Mexico to the United States with because her father it was a professor at the university and they asked him to come and work here in the United States. Oh, wow. So he nice. had to bring his whole family up and it's just her upbringing. I'm still in the, the very beginnings of it. I'm like, you know, halfway there, but I am like loving everything that she's saying, like oh. happy tears and then like sad tears because I can like relate to her. Oh. Um, but it's really good book listening just like put it on whenever I drive to work or cut when I'm cleaning. So really good book. Oh, that's nice. That's that a good book. That sounds like a good book too. You guys have really good books and mine's like, yours is so good. No, yours is, Colonizer yours is book. what we need. Okay, I know. So, and I was like, that's my life. I do too much. <laughs> Western ideals of productivity and not yes. cultural. Well, like you guys, if you guys have heard our other episodes, you heard us mention Susan. So I was talking to okay. Susan about exactly what your book is talking about because I was definitely but pre-covid one of those like go 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 like I have yeah, like me too. my schedule like literally my calendar that's what I always have to reference I had to like if I needed to plan like a, a girl's date with us each other we'd always look at each other's calendar or if I wanted to plan like a co-worker happy hour I had to have to look at the calendar because I was it was booked I had stuff mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. we were like tetrising little yeah. like chunks of time for different things yeah, yeah. so then now yeah. that covid happened it at first, it was, like, the worst thing for us, you know, go, go, goes, because, like, we're, like, wait, we can't do nothing? Like, that's, that, what? What does that mean? Yeah. It just stopped our whole world, but now, like, obviously months and months within it, like, I'm, like, wow, I like this. Why didn't I not do this before? Yeah. And Susan and I were talking about how pre-COVID and even we think that after this, you know, COVID gets a little situated, maybe vaccines start helping, people are going to feel like FOMO. So they're going to want to go and fulfill, yeah. you know, fill up their schedule again. Mm-hmm. And if you don't 
we feel like it's going to be kind of like shame on you because there was all these months that no one could do anything and now you're not taking advantage of yeah. doing all these things. And I'm like, ugh, I don't want to go back to being completely booked and rushing to do one thing and only giving half of my energy basically yeah. Yeah. into that, you know, that dinner or that happy hour or whatever that activity is. It's like let me spend time here like that's it like one task at a time and I love that's why I want like once you mentioned that book I really do want to read it because I do want to keep this mindset of take a chill pill let's let's chill even after COVID whenever that is I need to chill too right I definitely want to read the book yeah I remember before like we would be coming from another get together to meet up but we could only hang out for like two hours and then we'd be on our way to something else and so yeah. I, yeah, thinking back, that feels like a lifetime ago. ago. It does. <laughs> yes. We've settled but into then, our new habits. And yeah. these, are, these are the good habits I would like to keep. Yeah. And I was just thinking like it's Thanksgiving Eve, the day before. And what would I have, what have I done for the last 10 years before Thanksgiving? It's like go out to like a bar probably mm-hmm. or go hang out with mm-hmm. friends or go, you know, we would have I would always be out miss. about or yeah. Friendsgiving. So we would have like multiple Friendsgiving either today, tomorrow, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. and juggling those. Yeah. Sometimes oh, yeah. it's like, man. So it feels good that this year, like, yes, it's very sad that we weren't able to like spend it with our big families and everything, like we talked about in the last episode, but at the same time it feels good that hey, you know, we gotta stop. Mm-hmm. Gotta enjoy what we have who we're with right now in the little small units that we're in and and yeah. it's okay that we're not doing all these big parties and and posting it on our Instagram and yeah, whatnot. You're not like <laughs> being seen, see and be seen. Yes. You're not out doing nothing like that. I know. And I, I was also thinking like for me anyway, when's the last time I picked up an actual book and like sat down and read like for me yeah. I haven't read like that in a long time. I've listened. I always have stuff like going before I would always have like a podcast or an yeah. audiobook or something mm-hmm. like that but it does feel different now to sit down in the daytime in the middle of the day during lunch and read so yeah I'm trying to read right before I go to sleep too Ooh, I mean that's a good habit just so, put me to sleep I know not for that <laughs> reason <laughs> but like just so I can stay away from my screen for at least a little bit because oh, yeah. I'm always on my phone yes mm-hmm. but yeah that's what TikTok I'm has taken over trying. my life, <laughs> no, <laughs> especially pre-bedtime. I'm like sending, we'll get off of our podcast recording yeah. or, you know, reviewing the last episode. And then we're like, okay, good night, girls. Bye. And then two seconds later, one of us is on TikTok sending the group chat like, ha ha ha. I saw this. I gotta send it. So, oh man, it's, yeah. I definitely need to find a better habit right before going to sleep instead of staying on TikTok for like two hours. <laughs> the stuff you find is so funny though so yeah i, mean, I know i think it's great, great that it puts them. you in a good mood <laughs> that's why i'm like i have to share it yeah there's like really funny things but then also good tips like you always find like the really smart like <laughs> yeah the job life. interview one yeah. yeah we had to use those as resources for our episodes <laughs> good but other than that you know it's been a good week so we'll see what our four-day weekend ends up being like yay yeah yes. decoration time so 
Uh, Lynn, are you going to be decorating? By this time, the episode that pulls up, are you going to have your your decorations up? Oh, yes. Okay, good. I've been good. waiting. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Because I used to not decorate until like mid-December. Until like the yeah. week before Christmas. I know. <laughs> I, I actually think that was like last year, too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we do have a fact check from our last episode, our uh, thanks and reminiscing episode. Uh, That's all Lynn. Do you mind telling us what our fact check is? Yeah. So last episode, I mentioned the deadline of getting rid of your Christmas trees and had no idea when that was. Um, So I did a little research and I actually found out there wasn't anything for this year yet. So I just took what I found for last year okay um so like for christmas trees um like the the waste management they allow you to put up your tree next to your yard waste cart on Mm -hmm. the the day of your collection day through the end of january wow end of january okay that's a longer you were way late before you were (laughs) way late late. (laughs) end of january is actually a long time yeah it is so it works with your timeline too Leanna if you wanted to keep your just I use a fake tree I didn't tell you guys I use a fake tree now yeah hey I used to too until Andrew you know I started dating him and he's like real tree all the way all the time but before him it was always fake tree yeah I always had real trees growing up and then with Mark he's like it's so much easier yeah and I was like you're right it is kind of easy but to store all of it it's so hard but anyway sorry fact check but then it (laughs) when it sheds too that's another thing you have to do like every day and then you have to make Mm -hmm. sure you give it water every day yeah I like my pre-lit my pre-lit fake ass tree oh cool yours is (laughs) pre-lit yeah and I also okay so then I cheat because like the best thing about the tree is the scent right yes so I buy these little scent sticks I forgot what they're called but it's basically like a a pine or evergreen oil stick and I kind of just like boop them everywhere around my house boop over here in this wreath hide it over here (laughs) I hid like hella in my tree last year and so I was like ah it's just everywhere so I just have a real tree I'm faking it yeah (laughs) make it till you make it (laughs) um the other thing I found out too about the trees is like you can have like a boy scout troop they're called boy scout troop 600 and you can schedule a pickup for them to come by and get your tree for a donation okay. that will support their organization or you can also drop it off at a central location for them that's so that's cool. another option there's a lot of options actually um that's nice so that was our fact check and our weekly update before we get into our actual topic i do want to make an announcement uh for small business saturday so we started an actual small list of all these small businesses that we recommend and want you to check out um, a, a goal for myself actually is that this year I want to buy all my Christmas presents for like my nieces, my nephews and everybody else that mm-hmm. I need to get yeah. from small businesses because with COVID, man, I, they are suffering. Like, yeah. and I want to do my small part to at least buy these gifts from them to help them out. Um, so my goal, like, of course, is to get all the presents, which is a lot of presents because mm-hmm. there's still a lot of people I need to get, but mm-hmm 
Target, Amazon, you know, Walmart, all these big companies, they're going to survive because we still... They'll be fine. Even ourselves, we all shop there for, like, you know, toilet paper or whatever. So, but with Mm -hmm. the actual small gifts, that's my goal. And um, I encourage everybody, even if it's not all the gifts that you need to buy, that you just make yourself a goal of, like, one gift. Just one gift from one small small business that you want to support. Give that as your goal for the rest mm-hmm. of December or even the birthday. I mean, there's so many birthdays in yeah. December's get that birthday present at some small business. So we will have, like we mentioned, a small, a link to our document that will have those on there. Um, but if you have any small business that you want to share, definitely let us know. Um, leave a comment on our Instagram page at mm-hmm. ladies in progress podcast, or email it to us at ladies in progress podcast at gmail.com. So Leanna and Lynn, what do you guys think about this small business? What are your goals? Do you have any places? Um, I think a lot about restaurants. Yes. Um, food. It's a lot of <laughs> good food. food. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think about food all the time. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I mean, I feel bad because I think I've gotten used to shopping on Amazon so much and like Same sending here. gifts to like Convenient. my niece and nephew it's very easy it really is yeah, yeah but and we have prime it's like you just get it to them so fast and you put their address you don't even have to deal with the you don't even have to deal with the wrapping because they make it that much yeah. easier you pay for the yeah. wrapping and gifts and they send it I've to that person that. but like over this this past weekend when I picked up uh I went to like a local butcher shop yeah. to get the prime rib for thanksgiving instead of mm-hmm. going to costco yes um, yeah <laughs> but across the street i saw like a toy store and then and mm-hmm. i never realized that there was like a toy store there so now it's like i don't know a lot of small businesses so i'm trying to like learn i'm gonna definitely use the list that we are creating right to see right. if i can get stuff so I, yeah i'm definitely trying to be more mindful of shopping at small businesses this year How yeah about you? which local butcher did you go to and where is that located so i went to bob's quality meats in columbia bob's. city mm-hmm. <laughs> yay yeah it was I've shopped there for steaks before, and they were so good. Mm. So I definitely recommend getting meat there. Nice. Yeah. Columbia City has a bunch of small shops and businesses Mm -hmm. and stuff. And so, like, we've all, we've grown up, like, going out that that way. Yep. Um, Mm -hmm. Since I moved up north and, like, everything was completely new to me, um, one area city actually it's so Mm -hmm. small um Edmonds um and Edmonds right by the ferry uh terminal there's actually downtown Edmonds which kind of gives me like Columbia City vibes it's lots of small shops um and actually last year uh I went with a friend to kind of walk around on their small business Saturday and so there was just a ton of people out last year and businesses had different um kind of like specials or like Mm -hmm. discounts on Mm -hmm. that day but um that's a place that I I actually go and I love all the restaurants out there I also love all the cute little shops and bookstores and stuff like that so Mm. wherever you can still find those little pockets and like down in Renton Anna like downtown downtown Renton Renton. another place I grew up like walking around so 
um, instead of heading to like the mall, which we even know malls are dying out, but yeah. instead of going to the big stores, instead of going online, um, try to do those, the shopping from small businesses. And then I also think like, um, a lot of people that I know are also small business owners. Yes. And so I, I always have this thought, like, why is it so hard to think about supporting the people you know like we're so quick to be like oh I want to buy this piece of jewelry I'm going to go look at like Nordstrom or something like that or I'm going to go look over at this place um but why not support the people that you know and um yeah so it's from restaurants I have people that own restaurants in my family there's also um gifts so I definitely agree with you Anna and Lynn like to support as much as possible this year this year especially but then I think we want to keep this list going so that yes, it can grow and then and then um, we can become new lifelong uh, customers at all of these places as we're mm-hmm. learning more about them yeah I love that definitely. all right guys so now to our actual week's topic so this week's topic like I mentioned earlier it's the Crohn's and ulcerative colitis awareness week so what? If, what the heck is that? Yeah, if yeah. you did not know <laughs> more, <laughs> what Crohn's and ulcerative colitis is. So back in 2011, they created, you know, the actual Awareness Week. And the Awareness Week here in the United States is December 1st through the 7th. So it actually perfect on time when this podcast comes out, this episode. Um, it's perfect. We're right in the middle of the week of awareness. So they designed it because they wanted to get together about irritable bowel disease. So if you guys have ever heard the acronyms of IBD, it's Irritable Bowel Disease Community. So it's wanted to make sure that you can uh, educate the public and give them awareness of anybody who has IBD or if you have any family members or even yourself. So the mission to see a future free of Crohn's and colitis. So we wanted to make sure that that was the educational piece for that. So our aim is to help make IBD visible during Crohn's and Colitis Awareness Week. So hashtag IBD visible. Now, I gave you guys an acronym about IBD, that is irritable bowel disease. But if you haven't heard about UC, UC is ulcerative colitis. And that's definitely a collective term that everybody uses with like IBD because it's a painful, it's a medically incurable disease that attacks the digestive system. So it's an autoimmune disease, unfortunately. Um, If you wanted to get more information, you can definitely, we'll put the link in our information with uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation.org slash awareness week. So that gives you a little bit more information if you wanted to know what we were talking about. Although World IBD Day is in May, um, we thought that with the timing of this episode uh, with Crohn's and UC Awareness Week, we wanted to highlight this, especially with all of our listeners, because it's a big issue and Mm -hmm. we wanted to kind of talk more about it. Yeah. And it's a big issue, especially because us at Ladies in Progress podcast have a special connection to it. Mm -hmm. Um, So as Anna mentioned in the very beginning of the episode, this topic in particular hits super close to home. And that's because she is actually affected by IBD. Um, And so we wanted to take some time to share her story. So... We're going to try and uh, change up our format just a little bit. Um, and so 
Lynn and I kind of gathered some questions. We did a little bit of research on this topic, and we're going to take turns um, asking Anna questions, kind of interview style. Um, and she, Anna, has not actually seen all these questions just yet. We kind of did a big, a big overview. So this is going to be her live reaction, her live, um, <laughs> not live when you hear it, but it'll kind of be her, her blind reading of all of the yes. questions and we'll go through it so if you guys listen to last episode of this and that is basically gonna be like that just <laughs> it'll be like this or that, more. but not a lightning round With it doesn't more have to detail. be that fast. <laughs> no <laughs> All right, ladies, bring it on. Okay, bring it I will on. start off first with Anna. Can you tell us a little bit about your connection to IBD? All right, so my connection to IBD. Um, so I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, I would say two, no, three years ago. So I had mm. moderate ulcerative colitis because basically there's stages of ulcerative colitis. So, you know little to nothing then you have moderate and then you have severe mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. I have three years ago I had like very little and it just slowly progressed so okay. I am definitely within that circle of IBD mm -hmm. ulcerative colitis were you familiar with UC or IBD before you were diagnosed at all I heard the terminology but I honestly didn't know what it was other than like you got bubble guts or something yeah. like that. Like, <laughs> so I didn't really know what were the symptoms or who actually had it or the fact that it's an autoimmune disease that it's there's no cure as yeah. of right now uh, for it. There's still medications, of course, to, you know, help you keep on going, but it's uncurable. But no, I didn't know much about it other than, oh, it's something with your stomach and you get bubble guts <laughs> are you comfortable with sharing like how you were affected by it like how it has taken you through like this journey of like treatments or anything like what kind of treatments did you yes so let's start back in the beginning <laughs> uh, <laughs> go way back go way back so I started feeling <laughs> symptoms back when I was in college so I would say like my senior wow. year um wow. I was feeling. And how old like, are you now? Just to remind just, everyone. <laughs> I, oh gosh. Please tell us. Yeah, <laughs> I am thirty-one okay. years old. So back in college, what? How old were we back in college? Twenty I don't even know. something. 18, 18, 19, 20. No, senior 20. year. So like twenty-two. <laughs> math three. Oh my gosh. Oh, we don't know. We don't know how to do math, guys. Cut that out. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> twenty-two. Fact I think. Check, we check. were twenty-two, twenty-three. I think. Okay. Okay. So yeah, around twenty-two, twenty-three, I definitely started feeling like just this not normal, like uncomfortable diarrhea. Not quite diarrhea, but it was just like not my normal stool, basically. Yeah. Um. So went to the the uh, my you know PCP back in college and they basically let me know like okay just take some fiber maybe you're not having enough fiber or drink some more water here's some more vitamins but that they couldn't tell that there was anything unless they did were able to do a colonoscopy mm -hmm. or endoscopy so you'd have to actually you know either put a tube up your butt basically Oof. to check what's inside and I was like, mm, as a college kid in my early 20s I was like no 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 yeah. I do not want to do that yeah <laughs> uh, <laughs> So I just was like, okay, whatever, I'm fine. So did sometimes like, you know, took like more fiber, ate more fiber, yeah. um, drank a little bit more water. Uh, it stayed like that for a good, I don't know, like four or five years. Didn't feel quite myself. Mm -hmm. 
but um but nothing like severe no extra other symptoms or anything okay um i would say like maybe four years ago is when my symptoms started getting a little worse Mm. so i would definitely need to like urgency to go to the restroom was a lot faster like i needed to go and like this immense cramping like girls we know menstrual Ah, cramps they know they can get bad but this was like a different kind of like something was it felt like a fight in there like a war (laughs) oh no and i was like this is not normal like there's no way that this is like okay so finally went to the doctor again um because no one likes to talk about poop no one wants to know no one wants to get something put up their butt uh, no. <laughs> unless it's for pleasure. Anybody <laughs> who likes to do that, I'm not yucking okay. on your yum. We're not kink shaming here. No, yeah, we're not. We're not yucking on your yum. That's okay. But health <laughs> for wise, medical nobody reasons. Wants, yeah. yeah. No one wants nothing up their butt. So then I was like, okay, I need to go to the doctor because this is not normal. And of course, Andrew's like, you got to go. Like, what if you better, you rather want to know now and hopefully, you know, whatever it is help and medicate it instead of waiting later on and making it worse and I was like you got you got a point I gotta go yeah so went to the doctor and they said the same thing they won't be able to tell me what it is if there is anything mm-hmm. unless they did an actual colonoscopy uh, or an endoscopy so I was like okay fine so I did the endoscopy so the endoscopy you are wide awake Ooh. they only put the tube a very small little part of it and you're wide awake our faces awake. are like everybody's yeah. like ah. yes it is very uncomfortable it's not painful it's just very uncomfortable yeah. um and you're just breathing you know just focus on your breathing that's not my best tip for you um and they I'm barely focusing go on my breathing inside. right now I know, <laughs> me too. Like, wait, breathe Liana. <laughs> they barely go inside of like just to see the bottom part of your colon basically okay. so that's like to just to get the very basic diagnosis if you have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's Hmm. um so just a very quick check um so they did that they did see some inflammation and that's when I got officially diagnosed with uh moderate uh ulcerative colitis wow so they could see inflammation at the very I don't know if that's the beginning or the end what do you call it but like just ever so slightly and and so that is a sign from their point of view Yep, that, that is a sign wow. that there's definitely inflammation. So like we mentioned earlier, that ulcerative colitis is basically your autoimmune is basically, it it's somehow, who knows, obviously they're still doing studies, but yeah. it gets tricked thinking that your intestine is a foreign object. Oh no. So then it starts attacking your, uh, your uh, large intestine. So then you start getting ulcers or you start getting like little small tears or rips. Ow. And that's what causes the actual inflammation because your, your own intestines like, no, 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 I'm supposed to be here. I live here. Yeah. But then the rest of your body is like, no, 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 no get the don't. fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Like Whoa. I'm going to protect the body. And by protecting it is by trying to kill it basically. So it's just a fight of like, no, it should be in there, but your body says no. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so there's one thing I want to, I'm like, rewind a little. Just wait a second. Yeah, yeah, what's Because you mentioned IBD, irritable bowel disease, Mm -hmm. like a blanket term. And then I'm thinking like hierarchy, right? What? Hierarchy was. So like IBD is the umbrella. Ulcerative colitis you see is under that. And then you mentioned Crohn's disease also. Yes. What's, what is that? <laughs> and then also kind of like, <laughs> is there another hierarchy that I'm missing here? Yeah. 
So ulcerative colitis and Crohn's, I wouldn't put them like underneath each other. I would put them kind of like next to each other. Okay. So IBD is like the umbrella and the we have chart two. of IBD. Yeah, we'll have like a little triangle or something. <laughs> yeah. So ulcerative colitis only affects the large intestine. Crohn's unfortunately affects everything in the gut. Oh, it could no. affect your esophagus, your stomach, the small intestine, the large intestine. It affects basically anything and everything and ulcerative colitis is only straight strict only to the large intestine which is your whole colon basically yeah um so it is more you know uh what's it called magnified or more specific Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so when when i've uh the people that i i'm like you know groups in our groups that i'm in i'm definitely involved in the uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation in the Northwest chapter. Like, that's how I first, when I first got diagnosed, I was like, how can I find information? And of course, we have internet. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely just Googled and looked and like found this, you know, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Um, the foundation has multiple chapters. So depending if you're in the East Coast, West Coast, and then every state, well, I guess not every state, but every kind of region has mm-hmm. their own chapter. So we have the Northwest chapter. So it's all specific to like doctors and providers and nutritionalists that are all in this area. Mm-hmm. And they do, especially right now during um, during COVID, everything's more, you know, Zoom meetings or mm-hmm. conferences through our Zoom calls. Okay. But before COVID, I'd actually go to the actual conferences to get more information about it and, you know, try to figure out what I needed to do personally for my UC. Because even though others might have you see we might have completely different symptoms or we're all on completely different medications dosages or frequency that we get our medication wow and i just one side note i kind of did a quick check right now this is from 2019 because i wanted to know like how many people are affected by oh yeah that's a good fact yeah and i had no idea so i'm reading from uh the crohn's colitis foundation.org they have a fact book this was from 2019 And it says approximately 1.6 million Americans currently have IBD, a growth. It's a lot. Yeah. A growth of about 200,000 since the last time this was reported in 2011. So that's a good number of people. Um, Yeah, that's a lot of people. As many as 70,000 new cases of IBD are diagnosed in the U.S. each year. Um, And there may be as many as 80,000 children in the U.S. with IBD. So, wow. Yeah. It gets crazy. It's a lot of people. I'm curious, like, what what have you done to help treat your ulcerative colitis? Yeah. Okay. So, but obviously going to your provider and actually uh, getting, you know, a good GI doctor that you feel comfortable yeah. with. Uh, remind me that will be a, uh, something that we need to talk about, like finding the correct GI doctor. Because yeah. I definitely had my situation where I didn't like my previous one and I had to make the hard choice of leaving her and finding someone mm-hmm. else. Um, but for my UC, I definitely, um, listening to what my provider was saying, definitely doing the medication that I, you know, I had the choices of what kind of medication I wanted to try. So doing my research on which one I wanted to pick which I am currently on Remicade. I get that every six weeks, which Remicade is a infusion. So I have to go to an actual clinic or hospital to go give it to me intravenously. So I have to actually get an injection and actually put it through the veins. Mm -hmm. And I'm chilling in the room for three hours. Three hours. Either I'm working or watching Netflix or I'm chatting with you girls. Or TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) Or I'm on TikTok. (laughs) 
Or chatting with us. Yeah, yes, you're right. <laughs> for three hours, I, you know, I'm just chilling there, take, getting my medication Gosh. in my body because that medication basically, um, if you kind of think about it, it's like st- stops the antibodies to kind of telling it like, it's okay. The large intestine is our friend, oh, basically. That's wow. how I imagine mm-hmm. it. The drug goes into my veins, into my body, and it tells like, it stops. Have, have you guys watched Osmosis Jones? Yeah, I love Osmosis, Osmosis Jones. Jones. Yeah, because they played it all the time at Cleveland, yes. our high school. By the way, guys, whenever we had a substitute <laughs> teacher, I swear Osmosis Jones was on all the time. I watched it recently. <laughs> I bought it. I have it. And I made my nephew watch it because, like, look at here. I got educated from this movie right here. You're going to get educated <laughs> about the body about with that movie. Like, look at these fighter T yes, cells, okay? that's exactly. Get, get <laughs> that's exactly how I imagine it. So, like, you know, the yeah. medication goes into me and they're like, hey, homie, I'm your friend. Like, it's Aww. okay. We'll, we'll be it's together nice in medication. here. <laughs> yeah. So, besides my medication, every six weeks I get that now. Um. I was still definitely having a lot of symptoms, so definitely urgency to use the restroom, a lot of cramps. Um, so I made the step to actually talk to a nutritionalist that I found on Instagram. Oh. So, you know, social media wow. does do some good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it does a lot of so good. So I found yeah. uh, Brittany Roman Green. You can find her at Instagram. Her I'll put that information also in our details, but her handle is at Brittany B uh, underscore uh, T-H-E-R-D. So third, but T-H-E-R-D. So basically, she's a uh, registered dietitian. She is a certified trainer, and she also has ulcerative colitis. So that's what brought me to her. Like, I was like, okay, there's some kind of connection here. I need to reach out to her Mm -hmm. because not only is she, because there's so many uh, out there on Instagram that I, I still follow still, but they themselves don't have ulcerative colitis or Crohn's or any IBD. Yeah. So... Yes, they're giving out tips and whatnot on what to do for ulcerative colitis and Crohn's and they're, you know, certified nutritionists. I'm not going to discredit what they do, but I felt like for my personal, I wanted to connect with someone who also had it and was also experiencing that they've experienced it like their whole lives. Mm -hmm. It might have, like I said, not be the same symptoms, but they know how it all comes down and how they deal with it. Makes a difference. So, yeah. I met with her and definitely we worked for like a couple weeks together. Okay. And um, she definitely helped me out with like making sure that my nutrition was good because I was definitely, because your body with, once again, guys, poop information, <laughs> because your body is just dispelling so much diarrhea, you are, your body's not absorbing the nutrition from all the foods you eat. Mm. So you're lacking vitamins and stuff, even though you're trying to eat. It's like passing through too quickly to Yeah, it's absorb? passing through oh. too quickly. Oh, so no. then you might you could be eating the healthiest and the best that you can, but without extra like extra vitamins and extra help, your body's just getting rid of it so fast. So I was definitely like we were I was getting my labs done every couple of weeks just to make sure where I was at and I would always like if I noticed if I didn't take my vitamins, I def my numbers would crash down. So I definitely have to be on top of my vitamins, making sure mm-hmm. I eat, you know, pretty healthy. I'm not, I'm definitely not the healthiest guys, but I still <laughs> try to do my best. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's definitely was a great, great resource. And she wow. still is, even though I'm no longer like on her nutrition program and like mm-hmm. avidly talking to her every, every week. But we still, I still follow her and listen to everything she says. And she's very involved in her chapter of the uh, Crohn's and colitis 
uh, up in the Northern California chapter. That's she's really like she does um, actual episodes with them or she's involved in like seminars. So Aww. I really like her. Shout out to Brittany. <laughs> I know. Hey, Brittany. Thanks, Brittany. <laughs> um, I have so many questions. Bring it on, girl. <laughs> this is the time. Yes, bring it on. Okay, let's go back to that. Yeah, making a mental note about asking you how you found your GI doctor. Yes. So my GI doctor, I work in a clinic, so I just went automatically to the GI doctor was that was in the clinic I work at. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt more comfortable with the female doctor, so I just kind of like looked at the list and I was like, yep, her. Okay. And so that's how I started, but... In reality, like going through my treatment and everything, um, my Remicade wasn't working as the best that it was supposed to. Mm-hmm. And she wanted to like automatically just quickly change it. Uh, with these medications, they are autoimmune suppressants. So they definitely mess with your autoimmune. So I, I get colds easily. Uh, definitely with COVID, this mm. was, it still is a scary time because our immune system is down for anybody who's on these medications. Yeah. Um, so she wanted to quickly change it. And I was like, mm, I don't feel comfortable yet. So she, this pushiness from her end made me feel uncomfortable and that's when I was like you know what I want to go to someone else which before that I was already wanting to just because of her demeanor um I felt like I needed more of a connection more of a like I like some patients prefer hand-holding and that's kind of myself and some other patients prefer straight to the point blunt tell me what to do and I'm done and that's okay as long as you know as a patient what you need from the provider that's what you should be looking for so at one of these uh, Crohn's and Colitis Foundation um, seminars, uh, there was an, a provider that I kept, she kept coming to different seminars and everything. I was like, ooh, who is this lady? You know, she talks <laughs> so good and I like what she's talking about. And Get she's a provider. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So after one of the seminars went pre-COVID, um, uh-huh. I definitely went to go ask her and talk to her. And of course, during the seminars, they give her info of like where she works, where you can find her. So I just wanted to like, you know, uh, meet with her and I said you know hi you know I'm new to ulcerative colitis and she's like oh my gosh if you're looking for a new GI I'm definitely still looking for new patients so I was like, perfect so yes I definitely moved over to that new provider and love her but Aww. guess what oh no what? she's no. leaving no where the good ones no. always leave <sighs> they always leave where is she leaving is she so gonna recommend you somebody got a new job in oregon so in <laughs> portland yeah so she of course is moving because she loves no. her husband yeah Gosh. how dare she sense she's you know <laughs> she's definitely very sad that she's you know leaving all her patients and she has to like start brand new uh-huh. um but I do have a meeting, actually, uh, uh, an appointment with her next week. Mm-hmm. And that appointment is basically I wanted to make sure I had it before she leaves is to ask her who does she recommend still here in the Seattle area? Um, because I wanted to kind of hear it from her because I really, you know, really, really like her a lot. Um, so definitely met with her, going to meet with her to get that recommendation and just kind of get more information of like my next infusion is at the end of the year. So I don't know if I need to find someone prior to that infusion Mm. or will she still be able to sign off on the medication and then after the next infusion, if I need to find someone. So a couple questions that I'd have to ask before she leaves. I know you mentioned before about like the pain you experienced early Mm -hmm. on Anna so that was one symptoms but like can you tell us a little bit more 
about the symptoms you have felt throughout having UC? Like, like what are your triggers? Like, Ooh, is there anything yes. that affects your symptoms and has made it worse? Like, mm, yeah, what yeah. do you avoid? Yeah, I'm curious about this. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, like I said, everybody is different. But for me specifically, stress. Stress okay. is my number one oh, no. trigger. And I, if I can have my stress level down, I can keep my flare-ups to a minimum or to no flare-ups. Wow. Uh, when I notice my f- stress level, work, family, whatever it is, mm-hmm. and it kind of hits a threshold or whatever, like if you have like levels of stress, I it's immediately affects my stomach. Straight, straight. Dang. I call it my stomach, but it's really my large intestine. Yeah. Um, it just immediately, like, that day, I will straight start feeling like I need to go back to my old self, basically. Oh. So yeah. now where I'm currently at right now, I'm definitely symptom-free right now. Like, I'm no flare-up. I'm still doing my Remicade, but if I just get stressed, oh, 100% back to, like, urgency to needing to use the restroom um cramps definitely that when i do have a flare-up it definitely impedes on my sleep because i mm. need to wake up because my my brain is telling me like bitch you gotta go or you're gonna pee, you know, you're, you're gonna <laughs> go to the, the toilet bed right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> so you gotta wake up and go <laughs> so definitely that of course leads to fatigue because now yeah. i'm exhausted because i woke up a couple times at night mm. and then the malnutrition doesn't help so i definitely want to st- so it's just like a what's it called a domino effect so mm-hmm. if i know i can keep my stress level down um that's a bigger trigger than food because it's like oh like right now that I'm symptom free right now that I don't have a flare-up I can eat spicy foods and I'll be fine mm-hmm. like yeah I might mm-hmm. notice if I eat too much like if I eat like a bag of hot Cheetos uh like mm. like hot sauce on my food and a spicy <laughs> soup and I'm like okay girl I am pushing it I will be feeling it just like anybody I'm sure will start yeah. feeling it after so many dishes of spiciness yeah but if I eat like oh like half a bag of, or like you know a plate full of hot cheetos i'm like i'm good i got this mm. so i don't have any symptoms wow yeah that's kind of interesting because to tie back to the book i'm reading the one yeah. thing it's kind yeah. of like if you were to use the topic of your uc and like that's there's so many different things it sounds like it affects and so you could automatically think oh well i i, I need to get to bed earlier so i can get mm-hmm. more rest and then i better eat right and then i better do this and that and the other but if you just manage your one thing which is stress that should yes. trickle down so wow oh my goodness but that's hard to manage stress it is hard. Is hard. because we all live in a stressful world but it i think is. really I know COVID sucks for everybody. 2020, it's been a crappy, shitty year. Mm -hmm. But for me personally, it has made me learn that I need to slow down. Yeah. My Mm. busy life that we mentioned earlier, our busy calendar, that was part of my stress because I wanted to be involved and, you know, FOMO was a real (laughs) thing. I wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure I was part of all these little things and be there even if it was just like an hour here, two hours here. Um, so right now with quarantining and not, it just really pulled me back and I'm like, look, I don't have to be stressed and I could still do things because we still schedule things. Yes, they're virtually, but we still have little things that we're scheduling here, scheduling there, but it's a hundred percent. I have to learn that I need to slow down and that's something that I need to keep even after, like I said, whenever COVID is you know under control and Mm -hmm. we all slowly go back to our 
fast paced life. I need to remember that that was not good for me, that I needed to always slow down and check myself basically. Yeah, it's crazy because I think stress causes a lot of illnesses. Seriously. What do you do to de-stress? I know. (laughs) Tell us tips. What do I do to de-stress? Um, definitely TikTok is a different a way to de-stress. <laughs> Get your mind laughing, off of life. Yeah. Yes, laughing, getting yeah. your endorphins up. Um, audiobooks are definitely another one mm-hmm. that just kind of like zone out and just... Personally, when I read a book or I listen to a book, I really pay attention. Like I... I get immersed in it and I want to like mm-hmm. listen to every detail um if the story story is sad I cry with them like I I yeah. get into my feelings <laughs> <laughs> so definitely I get into that um rom-com movies chick flicks those are my thing so mm-hmm. definitely that's another de-stressor and um scrapbooking scrapbooking is another one oh, that yeah. I like I love to do oh my gosh yeah and right now with COVID I've had a lot of time <laughs> So, Anna, mm-hmm. what kind of advice would you give somebody who is experiencing similar symptoms um, but might not have had a diagnosis yet? Ooh, yes. I would definitely recommend them to see their primary care provider because without mm-hmm. a primary care provider, for the most part, a lot of insurances don't accept you to go straight to a GI doctor, even if you thought you had some kind of IBD. Uh, they need a referral from your PCP first. So uh, that would be my first recommendation. You have to see your primary care provider first, and then that primary care provider, if they think that there is something with you that you need to see a specialist like a GI doctor, then they send the referral to your GI, and then that gets authorized through your insurance. Okay. Because sometimes if your insurance is, if you skip that step with your PCP, you get a huge bill because you ba- oh, no. you try to skip that step basically you can't go to step two until you go to step one yeah uh, but definitely check your insurance and i would say like 80 percent of insurances you have to go to your pcp first so that'd be my main first uh tip second tip is just kind of like making sure that um kind of like i mentioned to myself like check myself like where's your stress levels um to pay attention maybe it is food maybe it is maybe it doesn't have to be as serious as Crohn's as IBD Mm -hmm. maybe it's just a specific food that you're eating so maybe keep a little food log there's so Mm -hmm. many apps on your phone or if you like pen and paper get a little notepad every time you eat something write your little what you ate Mm -hmm. and then if you had symptoms right after that helps you keep track of like oh okay it's dairy oh it's spicy food or Mm -hmm. oh it's these veggies so it, that's what I did once I was with, um, uh, when I got involved with my GI doctor, just to keep track of what foods, when I'm in a flare-up specifically, what foods trigger it and make it feel worse. Yeah. So now I know, after so many years, I know what foods make it worse if I'm in a flare-up. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. Did it take you multiple tries, like multiple, obviously multiple visits to the doctor, but like... Mm-hmm. Did, were your doctors receptive to the symptoms you're experiencing or did they chalk it up to other things initially or like what was that like yeah thankfully for myself it was straight to the point like I didn't yeah. there's a lot of um patients out there that I've like l- listened to their stories that they go upon years upon years of not knowing what it is because yeah. 
either doctors are dismissive Mm -hmm. they don't believe them um they usually tell them like it's all in your head and i I can't even imagine if a provider told me that i'd flip out on them but thankfully for myself it was like (laughs) they understood what i was feeling um they got me to the test that i should get to get hopefully a diagnosis and so uh, i it was straight kind of to the point obviously like you said multiple office visits but didn't wait didn't feel like my time was wasted or didn't feel heard Mm. from my providers that's good that's lucky it sounds like it's very lucky because there's so many people as you saw as you read the the statistics of how many people actually have IBD yeah I can only imagine how many out of those people they don't know exactly what's going on and they get this medication to see if it is if it helps them and another medication if it doesn't yeah I mean like luckily you you have like the navigational capital in the healthcare field because of your experience working so you know what questions to ask you know when you know if something doesn't feel right or you don't like something you know how to like advocate for yourself which I think is super important and so I think it's like another reminder for everyone listening you know that it is okay to speak up and it is okay like you you changed your GI doctor you know and like I really like that yeah um, that part of of your your advocating for yourself is definitely a major thing uh because like Leanna said I have the like that connection within the clinic so I could when my prior authorizations weren't going through I know what it took to take those prior authorizations I made sure like obviously I wasn't nasty or mean to the the prior authorizations coordinators but I was always like on top of it like hey it's been a week Mm -hmm. can I get an update can I find out what's going on what paperwork is missing yeah and I would make sure to like contact that GI doctor making sure that hey can you send those uh, GI papers that the insurance needs to approve this so um, and especially when I needed to determine what medication I needed to get on I thankfully had that connection mm-hmm. with the actual infusion center with the actual chemist who does all the mm. the actual medications and I went to I asked him if I could have like a quick little 15-20 minute meeting I bought him some coffee because I was like you're doing me a favor <laughs> nice. um, and asked him questions of like how did he doesn't have it but he how did he see other patients react to both of those medications um, and that's how I got more information of like that's how I kind of did got my resource as well other than the internet of course and my provider I felt more connection with what he was saying of like okay this would be better because of my age of how other other patients that he's seen get the medication get done so it's a better connection that I'm lucky that I was in the clinic to ask all these questions yeah so one question I want to ask you is it sounds like you've learned a ton over the years from all of your research online um, and talking to people, getting connected with the is it the Northwest chapter of mm-hmm. the Crohn's and Colitis Foundation. Um, so if you could go back in time and save <laughs> save young mm-hmm. past Anna some pains oh and lessons learned, what would you say? Oh, man. What would I tell young Anna? So I would go back to maybe like I was like 12 or 13. Cause oh my I feel gosh, like that's, way back. I, know. <laughs> I would go way back. Back, back. <laughs> back, back. Because my theory, obviously it's not proven or scientific, but I really do think that stress, like you guys mentioned, stress causes a lot of stuff. And I feel mm-hmm. like if I go back and I tell young Anna 
to go see a therapist back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it would have helped Everybody. with all of my stress because I, until I started seeing Susan not that long ago, I would hoard all my feelings, which is not a good thing. And uh, a lot of emotional trauma, childhood trauma, everything, mm. all that builds up. Mm-hmm. And mm. I kept it inside. So if I could go back, I would tell her like, young Anna you need to go to therapy because if you keep this all internally your body is basically hoarding it and it's it's too much for it to handle yeah so then it's it needs to explode some way and it's not going to explode a great way so I would tell her to go back and focus on my stress um see a therapist and definitely you know continue eating healthy you know picking better choices and, but yeah, those are going to be my three things. See a therapist yeah. and focus on my stress and eat correctly. Eat better choices. While, better choices. while you're back in time, right? stop in freshman year and <laughs> talk to little, little Liana <laughs> and give her those reminders too. Yes. Those are good. Yeah. I think it's like, that's also something really good to think about now. Um, as we get older and we either have family members who you know are younger than us or eventually when we become parents Mm -hmm. you know I think having that awareness about stress and how that affects us physically it's like all of that the nastiness the anger the sadness it it's manifesting and I'm not trying to get woo woo about anything but like it really comes out um in so many different ways so I like that that answer Oh, side note to that part, guys. I feel like Mm -hmm. a small indicator for anybody with IBD or without IBD to know how your brain slash stress affects you. If you've ever gotten into a nervous situation, like you're about to get on a roller coaster, (laughs) you're about to public speak in front of people. If you feel and you get that urge of like, oh, crap, I got the nervous boo-boos. You know that your brain is automatically, correctly, directly uh, attached to your, you know, your gut. So that's a good, that's like a first indicator, I feel like. If I would have paid attention, if I could tell, you know, little Anna, like, anytime I need to do something nervous, like, that got me nervous speaking in public or if, especially roller coasters or something new, I would get nervous. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, I need to go to the bathroom. I got nervous boo-boos. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that mind-gut connection is real. There's, like, it studies is. on it. There's books about it. Mm-hmm. And I've read about it. And I laugh about this because that's totally me. And, like, <laughs> I, I joked yeah. during during election week that it was a bad week to have IBS. And oh, yeah. I'm taking advantage of this conversation, which we've talked about many times, that to go as in-depth as this, oh, yes. it's pretty new. And I'm mm-hmm. learning new facts about it. Because I am currently only kind of diagnosed as having IBS, irritable irritable bowel syndrome. Mm-hmm. And my doctors, I, so I've kind of had the opposite experience as you, Anna, where I come with these symptoms of, of pain in my lower abdomen and, you know, all sorts of toilet troubles and stuff like that. And my doctors have been chalking it up to like, oh, it's, it's work stress. But, you know, once you change jobs, you'll be fine. Or, Ooh, oh, it's this. Get a and new they doctor. do. I know. I need to, I need to change. Yeah. So you're giving me a lot of great Definitely. tips um, and helping me yeah. kind of, uh, I guess, like get empowered, be, feel like I can self advocate because I, you know, yes. as recent as last year I got blood work done and they all came back normal and they were kind of like you seem fine so there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong but maybe I just need to get that 
yeah but in your gut you feel like you (laughs) oh man the colonoscopy the actual procedures like especially colonoscopy if any of you guys have not ever gotten it the actual procedure day is easy peasy you just go in they give you the iv you go to sleep you don't feel nothing you come up groggy you take a nap the rest of the day don't feel nothing (laughs) (laughs) it's the day before is that sucks the most because that's the prep day so the prep day you cannot eat nothing 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 for 24 hours so for a whole 24 hours before your actual procedure you can only eat jello uh chicken broth vegetable broth any kind of broth mm-hmm. um any kind of waters and liquids you can have popsicles as long as they're not red dye orange dye purple dye i think that's it so anything else green dye everything else you can have um so yeah you're just on a freaking diet basically yeah. And then you have to drink this nasty ass drink. Ooh, what's it like? And that's the. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> yeah. It's. Co- what is it's, it called? Uh, well, the flavor that I mean, I'm. I don't know if other pharmacies have other flavors, but the only pharmacy that I have gone to, I've had four colonoscopies, and all four times of the prep, the flavor's the same. It's lemon lime. Um, <laughs> okay. And, and it's. The first couple cups, so you have to do eight ounces every, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. And you have to drink eight ounces, eight ounces, eight ounces. And it's this huge jug, gigantic jug. You feel like it's never going to end. The first couple cups, eh, it's fine. It, it tastes like a salty Gatorade, basically, okay. with lime, lemon lime. Is it thick or After thin like the f- or consistency? Um, Consistency, a little thick, but not like, like I, not like jello thick. It's just okay. like... I think like Gatorade because Gatorade okay. has like a thicker, it's not water, but it has like, you know, that thicker consistency. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. After the fourth or fifth cup of eight ounces, oh my gosh, it gets like, you get a little nauseous. Oh you have no. to give yourself a break and stop, you know, Ugh. give yourself a break, then take another eight ounces again. But you guys, that stuff makes you pee out of your asshole. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It cleans you out because they have to. You have to get cleaned out for them to do, you know, to move the scope inside of you so they can see clearly what's inside, if you have inflammation or not. Like, do you go to work that day? Hell no. You have to. (laughs) Get yourself a PTO day the day before your prep. (laughs) Or or the day of prep. The day of prep. And then, of course, the day of the procedure. Um, I luckily was able to work from home. So, like. I was still working mm-hmm. at home the day of that I was prepping. Oh, that's good. So if I needed to use the restroom, I'm right here at home. Um, wow. But the day of the procedure, of course, you have to have it off because you're you're out of it. You're you come they put you to sleep, they come you out, you come out of it, and you're just you just need to sleep the rest of the day. And then you eat a gigantic meal of whatever you want. <laughs> what was your last gigantic meal after your last uh, colonoscopy? Uh, so. Wait, before the colonoscopy or after the colonoscopy? What was your, like, oh, it's all done. I've been waiting oh, for this. Because you say you yes. plan ahead for, like, the I meal. I do. <laughs> yes. So this uh, this last colonoscopy that I just had, um, I ate Chinese food. I was craving <laughs> uh, honey walnut prawns. Ooh, I was, <laughs> sounds good. I was, yep. like, craving all this Chinese food, and that's exactly what I got afterwards. Once I was feeling better after t- taking a nap and I had... Um, I definitely drank, I ate soup before, uh, that was like actually my first meal, but I don't consider that <laughs> my real meal. So no. I had my soup, 
had my water and whatnot, and then I was like, okay, I'm ready for real food. <laughs> Honey walnut prawns. Yum. Yes. Awesome. So I have to ask, Anna. Um, yes. I know we've all seen those XYZ starter kit memes online. What would be your IBD <laughs> boy starter kit? Yes. What would be on your starter kit meme? Asian baby girl box yep. starter kit. Yeah. It would be funny or serious, whatever. What would be the, my starter kit? Yeah. Your IBD UC starter kit. Oh my kit. gosh. Okay. Butt wipes is one of them. You got to have your butt wipes. <laughs> Great. In a flare-up, outside of a flare-up, you got to have your butt wipes. That's part of the starter kit. Do you have a recommended butt wipe? Um, <laughs> That's great. I, right? <laughs> I definitely, we get the Kirkland brand because there's like a whole bunch of like the, just the Kirkland brand um, baby wipes. That's definitely one. And then Cottonelle is another one that we use. So one or the other will kind of switch back and forth. Okay. okay. Um, so definitely having a good uh, butt wipes. Mm-hmm. Um, shoot, shoot, shoot. Are there any foods that are snacks or anything that you allow yourself to eat while you're experiencing symptoms? Like when you have to eat? Ooh, yes. So for flare ups, I definitely have, um, like bananas, peanut butter, uh, bread. Definitely. I can like tolerate that and it doesn't like cause me more flare ups. Um, that's usually like my breakfast. That's cause I... I definitely noticed that myself with UC, I have to eat something for breakfast. And I used to skip it. I used to, before being diagnosed, I can 100% skip, skip it and just wait till yeah, lunch. Yeah, I skip breakfast. Not the best. And then... Yeah. <laughs> and now with UC, if I do skip it, like anything after 10, 10, 30, oh, my body's telling me. I'm basically, like, once again, Osmosis Jones, you know, thought in my brain. It's like, they're gonna be like, bitch, you skip breakfast, I'm gonna show you. Oh, no. Don't and you so, ever skip breakfast yes. again. <laughs> so at work, uh, definitely part of the starter kit, I always have something at, like, I always go to the grocery store either on the weekend or that Monday. I walk to the grocery store buy a whole bunch of snacks like granola bars um always have something like trail mix uh crackers anything in my drawers in my work drawers and then if I forgot to bring my own breakfast from home or ate breakfast at home I have stuff to like eat and satisfy myself for that breakfast Mm. item what's a a de-stress item for your starter kit Ooh, de-stress item I would say get yourself a Netflix account (laughs) (laughs) If you Netflix, I feel like now got so much better that there's just anything in any kind of genre of movie. uh, And that's like one of my de-stressors just to watch something to like because like I mentioned earlier, I really just immerse myself on whatever either I'm reading or watching. I fully pay attention. And that's part of my de-stressor because I just want to either I want to watch something happy. I'll put something happy. If I feel like I would like to cry that day, I put something to make mm-hmm. me cry. Yeah. So I really, that's one of my de-stressors. I like to watch a lot of movies or TV shows. Do you have one more thing for your starter kit? Another part would be having either a friend, a significant other, or a support system. Mm. Someone who that can help you out or just listen to you. Like, even if you're having a bad day of like, oh, man, like, I'm going to flare up today. Like, I just, 
I don't want to do anything. Can you just watch a movie with me today? So having your support system, someone, even if it's just one person, if it's not a whole bunch of people that understands, and even if they don't understand because they don't have the same symptoms, at least they know what you're going through. Because the worst thing that you can do is isolate yourself and not Mm. tell anybody of what you're, you know, what you're going through. Once I got um, diagnosed, it was like, a hard thing to tell people like to Mm -hmm. tell you ladies to tell my guy friends you know and my family I don't know it felt kind of like in my brain it felt like it was like the worst thing and I was like because it's like a life diagnosis so it's like Mm -hmm. sorry guys if I can't do a task or sorry guys if I can't go out um so it was like really hard but once I was able to tell everybody I was like whew I felt like a weight off my shoulder and I was like less stress. So I was like, oh, good. I'm not stressing about telling people. Yeah. Yeah. I remember there would be times, which I like, I completely understand how your, you know, your thought process behind that, because there would be times where we would want to get together and, it, you know, a lot of it did like where we went to go eat and how mm-hmm. far we went from a comfortable bathroom like in yes. your worst times that affected what we all ended up doing too and I'm sure we're all happy to, to do whatever makes you feel comfortable but just mm-hmm. I don't think it occurs to yeah. people how much it does affect your life and like oh yeah to always just me with my little IBS I know like which bathrooms at which places like mm-hmm. <laughs> to go to where that are clean mm-hmm. and so that kind of brings me into this final question <laughs> yes. um, do you have any kind of funny <laughs> stories or maybe even embarrassing stories <laughs> um that you want to share with us and so yeah another warning it might be bathroom bathroom talk but <laughs> bathroom talk <laughs> disclaimer we'll have to put a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode yeah i was gonna say at the end of this i'm gonna have you record some sort of funny yes. quick disclaimer so yeah um so uh for before i get into like funny stories and everything um if you did not know another fact to know uh we do have here in washington we have the restroom access act is also known as Alley's law um oh. only 16 states in the united states have this law and wow. thankfully we are one of them so basically what that is is um a law that allows anybody with any kind of IBD to make sure that you can access a bathroom. Even if there's no public restrooms, okay. um, your whatever store you're at, they can allow you to use their mm-hmm. restroom, like their staff restroom. Oh. So Allie's law uh, basically started with Allie. Her name is Allie Bain, and she's uh, from Illinois back when she was a young child at 14. And she was shopping with her mom. And her, she started, she had Crohn's and she started, you know, feeling the symptoms of like, oh crap, I need to go. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> so the mom asked like the clerk in the, um, in the retail store and she said, hey, can I, you know, my daughter really needs to use the restroom. We don't see any restrooms around. Can she use the restroom for your store, for your staff? So the manager said, of course, said no and denied Allie access to the, use the restroom in the wow. in the facilities. And she had an accident. Oh, man. So it's and that's embarrassing. You know, yeah. you're at 14, you're a teenager. I mean, it's embarrassing at yeah. any age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so then Allie and her mom went to Illinois State to make sure to draft a bill, which now is Allie's law, wow. that allows people to use employee restrooms if they have any medical conditions. So myself, I have a card. It's just like a little ID card. I 
put it in my wallet and it basically says okay. that I have ulcerative colitis. It's a medical condition that I requires me to use the restroom and it's laminated and everything. Very nice. <laughs> okay. And um, I show it to whoever I need to. Um, I have used it honestly twice. Um, I've used okay. it once here in Washington, and I used it once on my vacation on, to Oahu. Um, Even though Oahu did not does not technically have Ali's Law, thankfully the person that was at the retail she was very very nice. Nice. And I showed her the card just to confirm that I wasn't you know like a stranger or I don't know I didn't want to do any harm in the back of the store. And it's nice it and like, discreet yeah, yeah. if you if it says like I have yes. UC, so you don't have to say like. I have this condition. I don't have to announce it to I, everybody. I have to go to the <laughs> yeah. bathroom. I need to explain. Let me go prove yeah. yeah, you can't. The good. Okay. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So it's very discreet. Showed them the card, and she's like, "Oh my gosh, of course." So she just quickly told her coworker if she can cover her, and she took me to like, you know, kind of like the back area to take me to the restroom. Nice. So yeah, so mm-hmm. it's definitely a good fact in case I didn't know about Allie's law until I got ulcerative colitis. Yeah, but. If anybody does have any symptoms, that is another recommendation why to go to your primary care provider because if they, you know, if they know that you have some kind of IBS or IBD, you can definitely get this card and signed and whatnot. And you can have it available because when your body tells you you got to go, you, you got to go. I'll you add got that card seconds. to your starter kit. <laughs> yes, definitely. <laughs> add that to the starter kit. Um, sometimes you have seconds and sometimes you have a couple minutes. Oh. And that's part of the embarrassing stories oh no (laughs) yeah so I honestly have I'm still working on my like PTSD is definitely not obviously PTSD from war but is definitely PTSD Mm -hmm. from not having restrooms available on my commute to work Um, so pre-covid it would take from my house to Seattle sometimes an hour to an hour and a half to get to work which it shouldn't it shouldn't take that long it without traffic it's 25 minutes to get to work um so definitely my commute from home to or back the other way around to back home from work uh i would Mm -hmm. stop at my worst point in time of my ulcerative colitis i think i would stop like four different times at different places there was two Fred oh, Meyers wow. on the way and two different <laughs> you know coffee you, shops. Yeah. Oh, I know. And I still, when I pass it, I'm like, oh, Fred Meyer, thank you. You don't know what I was doing, but I, you know, thank you for letting me use your restroom. And then yep. two local coffee shops that I would definitely stop at. Um, uh, shout out to Brother Joe's in Georgetown. <laughs> Brother Joe's. They were so good. <laughs> they were definitely one of my saviors uh, in not shitting on myself, basically. Oh, oh part of my starter pack you always have to have extra clothes on you you never know if you ever do end up having a a slip up or you know something comes out always having an extra pair of underwear extra pair of pants and some white Mm -hmm. bees and a bag a plastic bag so if you do soil yourself you have that extra bag to put it in that we don't have to throw away your pants you just have to wash them and then you Mm -hmm. have extra clothes you just quickly change in no one knows good to go yeah so start of my starter pack um but yeah so brother joe's was definitely uh one of the very many uh coffee shops that i would stop by Mm -hmm. quickly park they had parking thankfully right in front of their store (laughs) and yeah they do run in and i would say like good morning and then run into the restroom (laughs) and then of course i felt kind of like like 
guilty so then I would definitely buy yeah. a coffee not for myself because at the time of flare-ups coffee is your worst enemy oh, um so I would buy a coffee for Andrew <laughs> and so I'm like Andrew here you go here's a coffee for you so that was like Aww. thank you for kind of like thank you for letting me use your bathroom I'll buy a coffee from you yeah yeah <laughs> so those are my funny stories type of like PTSD slash like always needing to know where was the closest restroom that I could use yeah and mm-hmm. There were some times where there was a gas station, like gas stations are kind of like the last resort because Mm. they're usually like either dirty or like as a Mm -hmm. woman, I didn't feel safe maybe. Yeah. Um, But there was like one restroom where the guy just like completely did not want to want me to use the restroom. And so I was like, that's one of the times I had to show my card. Yeah. Because I was like, uh-huh. no, you, please, you have to let me. And I showed my card. And then he was just so adamant, just like, no, you can't use it. It's not a public restroom. I was like, I understand it's not a public restroom. Here's my card. He's like, it's not even real. And I'm like, it is real. And I had to like. Wow, he questioned. I had to educate him basically in those like couple seconds that I'm like trying to hold it in. Ugh. I'm like. Uh, like you can Google it, dude. It's called Allie's Law. It's here in Washington, and I have an actual card signed by my provider. So you please, please, please let me in. Uh, and well, he did. Finally, eventually. he let me in after he Googled it. Yeah. But, you know what? If I couldn't hold it, what I if was it say, was like a long Allie? Time. Yeah. Yeah. I had to like explain all of Gosh. that. Yeah. So I know. But I always carried something on me because I was like, I never know if I needed to go. So. Yeah. Be educated. Definitely educate yourself. Mm -hmm. And hopefully this is part of the education in case you didn't know. I've learned a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Anna. (laughs) Cool. Well, I think those are all of the questions we have for today. Right, Lynn? Yeah. Sweet. I had fun. Yeah. We learned a ton from you. I know I learned a ton. um, Good. And I hope that the listeners also learned a ton, too. Yeah, I want to say thank you, Anna, for sharing you. your story. I know yes. it's it's something that you've experienced. And I think before our talk today, I only knew, like, so mm-hmm. much about... I mean, I knew you were struggling through, like, the prior authorizations and things like that. But I think it's really good to hear your story. And I do want you to continue sharing your story to us. So keep Please. it coming. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and yeah, and thanks for being open to sharing this oh, to yeah. our listeners. Oh, too. of course. <laughs> Anything to like get the word out. And like I mentioned, if anybody thinks they have IBS or IBD, hopefully this episode, if you listen to it, either share it to someone who might have the same symptoms or something similar. Maybe they might get something out of it. Um, but definitely I, this is a part of my journey of my having ulcerative colitis and sharing it is the best that I can do to get my word out to everybody. Um, So same thing I also did with um, Crohn's and Colitis because it is Awareness Week. Uh, They are doing this kind of like infographic. You create your own like day in the life of. So I did that. We will post that in our Instagram, uh, Ladies in Progress podcast. Um, And definitely anytime I post or anybody else that posts related to ulcerative colitis or Crohn's, definitely use the hashtag spill your guts. Or you can even use a hashtag IBD visible. Definitely to help everybody feel, you know, that's how I honestly got yeah. some of my information, okay. how I found Brittany, um, how I found my other, other nutritionalists that I could get, you know, tips and tricks from. So definitely use your social media. 
if you are on a platform, share your experience. If you have any questions that you might have, you know, had during this episode, definitely do not be afraid to comment on Instagram or email us. I am definitely open to answer any embarrassing, (laughs) scary or whatever experience I've gone through. I will definitely share if you have any questions about anything I talked about. So with that, we will leave you guys and hopefully you enjoyed this episode of and learning a little bit of ulcerative colitis and my experience. Till next episode, everybody. Bye. Bye. Be sure to tune in weekly and listen as we share our stories as ladies in progress. Follow us on Instagram at Ladies in Progress Podcast for updates and episode extras. Drop us a line at Ladies in Progress Podcast at gmail.com. Our faces are like, ooh.